710 ESPN. This is Lakers Talk with Alan Sliwa. That's it in Phoenix. Suns 99, Lakers 90. Phoenix takes a one game to none advantage. The road to banner number 18 rolls on for the Lake Show, but they're going to have to make some adjustments in game two. There are some holes right now with the Lakers that this is part of a seven-game set. You could fix some of those by the time you come back on Tuesday. AD has some struggles in game one, but he knows he has to turn it up in game two. Like I say, it's on me. I'm not too worried about my performance. I know I'll be better. I know we'll be better in the game two at home. Nobody covers the Lakers' playoff push better than Alan Sliwa on Lakers Talk. The Lakers will try and regroup and win it on Tuesday night. Now, here's Alan Sliwa. What is going on, Laker fans? Thank you very much for tuning in. We'll go till 9 p.m. tonight. Oh, we got a lot to get into, Laker fans. We got a lot to get into. Lakers lose game one versus the uh, Phoenix Suns. The good news, game two tomorrow. So you don't have to wait too long to get back at it. Uh, you got to imagine this Lakers team is obviously uh, chomping at the bit to get back out in Phoenix and get another opportunity to try and win what would be game two. And um, listen, we, we got a lot that we're going to get into. The one thing I will say, and I, I think the way I'd like to start the show, um, I'm not overly concerned, okay? I'm not saying yesterday was perfect. I'm obviously not saying that you cannot be disappointed in that loss against the Phoenix Suns in Game 1, but let's kind of pay attention to the big picture here. Let's kind of take the Lakers. Um, let, let's we'll, we'll isolate Game 1 for a second, but let me just kind of give a quick overview of the Lakers. We've been waiting for this. I Just wait for the playoffs. Just let the playoffs come. Lakers are going to figure it out. By the way, you know, I, I've had maybe too confident on that switch is just going to turn on when they feel like it. But the, the the main thing has always been, how are the Lakers health-wise? And if the health is okay, then they'll have a legitimate chance to go try and get another championship, at least walk through the Western Conference, not walk, battle through the Western Conference, and then obviously get to the NBA Finals. Um, the reason why I'm not overly concerned is this. Yes, yesterday was just a bad 48 minutes for the Lakers. And there was a lot of different things. I mean, I could say 11 missed free throws. Uh, Anthony Davis, who I'll spend a lot of time on today because I know a lot of Laker fans want to spend a lot of time on him. Um, Chris Paul in and out of the lineup, and the Lakers still couldn't uh, find a way to take advantage of that predicament or that situation. But I want to just make sure that Laker fans understand this. Yesterday was so incredibly important to the Phoenix Suns. If you're Phoenix, you can't lose game one yesterday. You just can't. I mean, you're, you're almost – think about this. They haven't been in the playoffs. They haven't been in really a meaningful game in 11 years. They had 11,000 fans in Arizona yesterday. I mean, that was everything to the Phoenix Suns yesterday. Imagine if Phoenix lost game one yesterday to the Lakers. And, you know, we know Lakers are already the favorites in the series. Doesn't matter the seven and the two. If you look at really a, a lot of the starters, the key players for the Phoenix Suns, they got, I mean, they were just healthy all season long. And so give them credit, kind of tip your hat that there's a big benefit to the Phoenix Suns for getting that number one seed or number two seed. And by the way, all of a sudden home court might matter as we go along. So I say that with this. On Friday, we got a chance to, we got a chance to connect with LeBron, with Anthony Davis, with coach. One of my questions I asked LeBron was, what is game one to you? Does game one have more importance? Is it more significant simply because it kind of sets the tone to a series. And LeBron said, of course, you know, game ones are important. But he also said that game one for him is a feel-out game. Game one for him, more than anything else, is a, okay, let's – Let's. What's this team gonna do? Let's get some tape on this. Uh, on this team, let's find out what are their strengths. What didn't work for us? What can we do adjustments wise and everything else? I don't want to make too many comparisons to last season because I did have a lot of people, you know, call me in the post game show yesterday or this morning with Travis when we did the uh, Travis and Sliwa show, and I- I'm not a big. Well, they lost game one last year, so it's okay if they lose game one this year. I just think, first of all, Phoenix Suns are a good team. And I think, number two, that game was everything to the Phoenix Suns. And you had a lot of things go wrong for the Lakers to lose that first game. You really did. Um, AD had an awful game. Awful game. Uh, DeAndre Ayton had one of the best games he's probably had as a Phoenix Sun or in the NBA. 21 points and 16 rebounds, 10 of 11 from the field. Um, Booker was unstoppable, 34 points. LeBron had an eh game. 
nothing special. Role players did nothing for the Lakers. She had a lot of things go wrong for the Lakers and a lot of things go right for the Phoenix Suns. Now, tomorrow, (laughs) that's a much different story. If the Lakers drop game one against the Phoenix Suns, you're on the road. This is a seven-game set. The world's not going to end. But tomorrow, tomorrow's a different story. I mean, tomorrow is not one of those games where you walk in and we throw excuses around that, "Ah, AD just had another bad game. Everything's going to be okay. Tomorrow's not one of those games where KCP can have a bad night, where some of the other role players that you assume are supposed to have big contributions in this Lakers playoff run can have bad nights. Tomorrow is a different story than what we saw in game one, On Sunday, first game versus the Phoenix Suns. Lakers obviously coming off that win against the Golden State Warriors a few nights uh, earlier. Lakers still kind of trying to uh, figure out uh, their chemistry. I mean, I will tell you this. That's two straight straight important games for the Lakers. They had the game against the Warriors back on Wednesday and the game against Sunday. Zero rhythm for the Lakers. Nothing. Nothing looks like it's it's flowing. Nothing looks like it's beautiful basketball. Nothing looks like it's just kind of working. Everything is kind of stop, go. What are they doing? Turn over here. Uh, Drummond misses an easy bucket. LeBron takes a shot. KCP misses. A th- I mean, just nothing has been smooth for the Lakers. Even that that win against the Golden State Warriors, nothing was smooth. So this is a this question I'm gonna throw out to Laker fans out there. Obviously, if you want to, you know. If you want to give any of your opinions and your thoughts to Game 1, you can, but I'm really starting to focus on Game 2. That's kind of the whole purpose of this show tonight is to look at what are some of the things that we saw in Game 1 that just can't happen in Game 2. And I'll talk about Anthony Davis. We'll spend some time on AD. I know people want to hit that. Is tomorrow a must-win for the Lakers? Do you have to win Game 2 in Phoenix tomorrow? Does that sound kind of weird for me to say that? But I'm going to throw that question out there because – I actually don't think it's crazy. I don't think it's crazy that if the Lakers lose again to the Phoenix Suns tomorrow, let's say Lakers lost by seven, eight points. Let's say AD has another night where he's he's off and things aren't clicking. The other role players don't uh, come through for the Lake show. Um, And the Lakers go down two to nothing. You think they can win four of five against the Phoenix Suns? Listen, I'm not saying Phoenix are the... 96 Chicago Bulls. That's not the point I'm trying to make. I'm not trying to say that they're the uh, 2000 through 2002 Lakers with Kobe and Shaq. I I know the Phoenix Suns, they have their limitations. I'm not telling you that the Phoenix Suns are the greatest team out there. But the Lakers also haven't given, um, they haven't shown this, oh my gosh, this team is unstoppable. Oh my gosh, this team is in such a rhythm right now. Uh, There's no answer for what the Lakers have. Is Game 2 a must-win for the Lake Show tomorrow night? You know what's funny? I I actually really, really believe this when I say it. I think Lakers are going to win tomorrow. I think Lakers are going to get the split in Phoenix. I really believe that. I believe that the way the Lakers played in that game yesterday, the amount of chatter that's going on around Anthony Davis and the Lakers – uh, when it started yesterday, remember Lakers were at twelve thirty tip off. So what what time did it start? Starting at three p.m. till tomorrow uh, until tip off at seven thirty. There's been an incredible amount of conversation about Anthony Davis, about the Lakers. Are you concerned? What are they going to do? Is this it? All that conversation's been going on about the Lake Show, and I, I I personally think Lakers will respond tomorrow against the Phoenix Suns. I think they not only have a good enough team to do it. I think there's enough chatter about the Lakers on a national basis, on a local basis, that they'll respond. And I think the team is damn good. I think LeBron James and Anthony Davis um, you know, will rise to the challenge and wake up a little bit. And now the pressure starts going over to the Phoenix Suns. Because if you're Phoenix tomorrow, if you get a split, if Lakers get a split coming back to Staples Center, Game 3 on Thursday, mission accomplished. I heard Michael saying this yesterday. Michael was telling me, we were talking actually about the uh, Mavs and the Clippers series. So Mavs take game one. And I told Michael, I'm like, Michael, I mean, how about Dallas? You got game one. Uh, you're playing with house money in game two. And he's like, no, no, don't look at it that way. That happens too often where teams get the first game and then kind of lay an egg in the second game and say, okay, well, we got what we wanted, mission accomplished. We already got one game. Lakers obviously are not in that position right now. They lost the first game. So now the second game becomes everything to the Lake Show. Listen, 
if the Lakers lost tomorrow, I'd probably still be sitting there saying, I, th- I think the Lakers still c- could come back and win this series. But, man, let's just let's not even play out that scenario for the Lakers. I mean, this team is too good, too talented, too many champions on the roster, too many, obviously, uh, superstars on this team to go down 2-0 to the Phoenix Suns. And, and, you know, we could look at yesterday's game specifically. And I know people can talk about certain things and they could say, oh, the Lakers, they don't look good. They got no rhythm. They got all this stuff. Lakers were still kind of in the game. Phoenix had control the entire game. Don't get me wrong. Uh, But Lakers were still kind of hanging around. KCP hits a couple of those big moment threes. Lakers probably put some pressure on the Suns, even if they don't win the game. That game should have been closer. And um, I'm not going to give, you know, I don't want to give any credit to the Lakers because they lost the game. And, you know, we're only in the first round. We know what the goal is. The goal is to win an NBA championship or it was a wasted season. You got AD, you got LeBron, you got all these things that that play to your strengths. So I don't want to give them excuses and I don't want to give them credit. But when I look at this team and I just look at, you know, obviously what they have on their roster, um, I, I find it hard to believe that they come out tomorrow and have a similar type of performance. I might be wrong. I mean, for all I know, we could be sitting here. Uh, I could be doing the post game show in 27 hours, 28 hours, and we could be having the same conversation that we we're having, um, you know, a couple days ago with the Lakers losing. But I, I almost feel like that would just be an absolute shock. I expect this championship team, this championship foundation, all these players that have kind of willed and sacrificed to say, whatever you guys need, let's just try to win a championship and the superstars to respond tomorrow against the Phoenix Suns. Let's take some of your phone calls when we come back. 877-710-ESPN. Is game two a must win for the Lakers? I know that kind of sounds crazy here. I know we're only going to game two. Um, but do you think tomorrow is a must win? And oh, by the way, what do you think happens tomorrow? So if you want to give me your thoughts on how the Lakers respond after that loss, 877-710-ESPN. Stay right here. Lakers talk on 710 ESPN. Your phone call is coming up next. Real quick, what's the easiest choice you can make? Window seat over middle? Beach vacation over camping? What about selling with Shopify? <laughs> Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash network, all lowercase. Go to shopify.com slash network now to grow your business. No matter what stage you're in, shopify.com slash network. All right, am I, am I crazy to think this? Am I crazy to think that this is what championship teams do. What championships te- what championship teams do, they take losses. It happens. It's going to be, you know, that's part of the, the playoffs. Um, we saw it in the Shaq and Kobe days. We sh- saw it in the, uh, the, the Kobe and Powell days. We saw it in the Showtime era. It just happens. This is, part of, this is part of playoff basketball. You win some, you lose some. But I'll tell you what championship teams do. They lose a game like they did yesterday. And everybody spends 48 hours talking about how bad this team is. What is this team doing? What's their future going to look like? How come Anthony Davis didn't come through? Pile up all the different things. I've been one to do it myself. I mean, this is, we're a prisoner of the moment. We talk about, we, we react to what just happened. But this is what championship teams do. Championship teams come out in game two on the road against the Phoenix Suns. And they handle business. That whatever those problems were, whatever shots that were missed, whatever 11 free throws that you missed, whatever big man matchup that you got dominated in, you come out in game two and you take care of business. Doesn't matter how you do it. I'm not telling you the Lakers got to go out and win by 23 tomorrow. I'm not saying that LeBron and AD got to combine for 75 points. I'm not saying that. I'm saying you just find a way to win the game that this is what championship quality teams do. Um, I don't think I'm hyping up I don't think I'm hyping this up too much when I say it because I actually think the Lakers will handle business tomorrow, but I don't think I'm hyping it up too much when I say that uh, we're gonna find out a lot about the Lakers tomorrow. I think we really will. It's been really tough to gauge this team all season long, Laker fans. It really has. Just think about it. 
I mean, you know, the season starts and we're already talking about, wait, what do you mean they're starting December 27th? Lakers just won a championship 70-plus days ago or whatever the case is, right? Then now you know, okay, it's 72-game grind, but they're com- they're compressing the schedule to get everything in and still try to finish in time in case the Olympics happen in Tokyo. The season will be over. Um, injuries stacked up. AD's out for 30-plus games. LeBron's out. So it, it's been a crazy season because you can't really gauge the Lakers. I have confidence in the Lakers, but here's the reality. I can't sit back and tell you, well, look at this stretch run that the Lakers have had this year in the recent future, right? Like, I can't say, look how they played in April, because a lot of April, these guys weren't playing. Um, So that part has been a little bit difficult to assess, where in normal seasons, you can kind of assess it better. But I think we learned a lot tomorrow about the Lakers, because now they're healthy. Now they got their guys I heard uh, Lakers head coach Frank Vogel talk about um, LeBron's health a little bit earlier today, uh, said he's good to go, really actually just talked about the team good to go. Um, everybody's there. So one of two things are going to happen tomorrow. Lakers are going to show their championship quality, roll up their sleeves, and just find a way to win. I, I told you, I don't care how it happens. It could be ugly. That's okay. Just find a way to win. Phoenix didn't play perfect basketball yesterday. Phoenix scored 99 points yesterday. They had Denver Booker put up 34 points. They had Aiton have a career night, 21 and 16. I don't know if it's a career night because I don't watch, you know, the Suns every night, but that's his first playoff game. That's what he performed, and it was Booker's first playoff game. In the playoffs, it doesn't have to be perfect basketball. Just find a way to win, grow some type of momentum, and take it from there. Come back Thursday night, 7 p.m. tip-off, 5.30 pregame, and let's see if the Lakers can have the series tied at one apiece. Okay, let's uh, let's take some phone calls here. Appreciate uh, Steve. Steve working uh, working crazy back there. Got the uh, the phone's going crazy here. By the way, purposely I didn't put a guess in the first hour because I knew this was going to happen reaction wise. Uh, let's start off with Eric in L.A. Eric, appreciate you calling in, bud. You're on uh, Lakers talk. What's going on, Eric? Is it a must game? Uh, is it a must win game? No, but I'll tell you what, they better win. And I'm I'm a little worried, Alan, because LeBron James is looking a little older. He's looking a little bit more tired. Mm-hmm. You know, the injuries is, is starting to catch up. And that's where AD needs to step up. And I'm going to get raw, and I'm going to get real, bro. Mm-hmm. Allen, with AD, you know, um, there was moments in the game where I didn't even realize he was in the game. I thought he was on the bench. Hmm. He was invisible in a playoff game. All right? I gave him the benefit of the doubt. He was doing this even before the injuries in the regular season, coasting, just floating. And I said, okay, come playoff time. He's going to ramp it up. But you're telling me not just this game against Phoenix, but in the, in the game against the Warriors, mm-hmm. you're floating around out there. Okay? There's two things that Laker fans need to come to grips with. First of all, he's a Robin, not a Batman. He is not a number one option on a championship team. He's a really good number two option, like we saw last year, but he is not a number one option on a championship team. That's item number one. The second thing is, I think the way he's played this year, after signing that contract and winning a chip last year, he's become content and satisfied. Well, er- Eric, let, let me say this. And by the way, fantastic call. Love all the points you made, and I appreciate you calling into the show. Um, we'll find out. I don't have an answer for you. I really don't. We'll find out. And I'm waiting on the AD stuff. Trust me, I got a lot I want to get into with Anthony Davis. But I'm going to wait. I'm going to wait on the AD front. But I think every point you made was valid. And I don't have an answer for you. When I say that we'll find out, we will. What's Anthony Davis going to be tomorrow? I I don't have that answer for you. What's Anthony Davis going to be the rest of the series? I'm not sure yet. I can't sit up here and tell you, you know, if you were up here right in front of me, I can't look you in the eyes and say, AD is going to do this tomorrow. There's no point in me saying it. He either is going to do it or he's not. What I didn't think we were going to be having a conversation about after game one was the big men, that DeAndre Ayton outplayed Anthony Davis in game one, and it wasn't close. It wasn't. I'll get into that stat line a little bit. Let me take a couple more calls here. Uh, Steve in L.A. Steve, thank you for calling in, bud. You're on Lakers Talk. What's going on, Steve? 
Okay, thanks for taking the call. A uh, couple things. Uh, Aiton and Booker's games were uh, all-time greats for the two of them, uh, although Booker has scored probably more than 50 a couple times in his career already. Uh, notwithstanding that, I think a more uh, symbolic uh, representation of how the Lakers match up against Phoenix is when the Lakers took it to them back at Staples Center a couple weeks ago in the last week of the season. They dominated that, mm-hmm. that team. And, and I think you'll see more of that. I mean, look, you know, KCP, I love him. I love his energy. He just couldn't hit the broad side of a barn. Mm-hmm. Uh, Kuzma was not very effective. Uh, Wesley Matthews didn't make his shots. I mean, so, look, it's just a couple more shots. The other thing that if you could touch on, I wonder if this was the first game the Lakers played in front of a crowd of, of more than 3,000 or so, but there were 11,000 people uh uh, primarily for Phoenix. Sure. And I wonder if that impacted, I don't think it impacts a guy like LeBron, but I wonder if it impacted some of the role players and some of the younger guys. Steve, appreciate you calling in. By the way, it could. I remember uh, this was months ago, Markeith came on Lakers Talk, and I remember him saying, we just want fans. We, we don't care if they're cheering for us or they're cheering against us. We just need something. Now, things have changed since then. Um, you know, you started sprinkling more and more fans into arenas like Staples Center. Like you mentioned yesterday in Phoenix, they had 11,000. Madison Square Garden had 15,000 fans for that Hawks-Knicks game yesterday. How great was that? You know, so you're starting to see more fans. Do I think it had an effect? Oh, I, I think home court now has more of an effect than we thought it was three months ago. No question about that. I, I don't want to downplay that either. And I think, Steve, it's a decent point, right? LeBron don't care where he's playing and what fans are cheering for him. LeBron's played 262 playoff games. 262 playoff games. Doesn't matter for LeBron, but you got other guys. And um, if it did have an effect, well, wake up and don't make it have an effect because at the end of the day, you got a chance to either tie up that series tomorrow at one apiece or you're going to be down 2-0 coming to Staples Center on Thursday um, which Lakers team will show up? It's a great question. But I'll tell you what I think. I'll tell you what championship teams do. Oh, they like that environment. They like that atmosphere. You know, I always think back in the days. Oh, I love I loved watching me some that those Kobe and Shaq days, right? Those Kobe and Shaq years. They'd go into tough places, tough crowds. You could just see Kobe walking around like, oh, yeah, I like this. I like this. You can see Shaq just saying, throw me the ball down low. I'm getting you 35 and 14 tonight. You know, those. There, there's something about those certain players that love those situations. You can go down the list, too. It was, remember, it was also Derek Fisher and Robert Ory and Rick Fox. Certain players love those predicaments and situations. And for the first time, we actually have, hey, that's what home court is. We haven't seen that in over a year. Um, and it's going to come into play in not just this series. I'm just talking about in general. Okay, quick shout out here. Pack your victory dance. Go all in on fun at Harris Resort SoCal. From dining to unwinding, fun is a sure bet at the best resort in Funner, California. Are you game for a getaway? Start planning your trip by visiting HarrisSoCal.com. About 110 miles away is Harris SoCal from downtown LA. If you want to get out, want to get away, just, okay, I, I want to, I need a breath of fresh air. I don't want to go travel and hop on a plane. Um, you could go to Harris SoCal and just go to the website, harrissocal.com. You could start planning your trip. Okay, I want to take up more calls here before we go to break. Let's go to Adam in Boyle Heights. Adam, thank you for calling in, bud. You're on Lakers Talk. Yeah, no problem. Thank you, uh, Sliwa, for uh, taking the call. Thank you to everybody over there at ESPN for uh, the great job they do. Um, okay, so is it a must win? I would say no, but I, I think it's, it would be a very important win for the simple fact that we haven't. We don't have that camaraderie that we did last year because due to the injuries and the protocols and all all that stuff, right? Um, and yes, AD definitely need, needs to uh, step up a little more. But I'm not going to get down on the guy because I know he's got it in him. Uh, for some reason, sometimes he's he's a little lackadaisical and it seems like he's not trying. Um, I think when he gets when he starts feeling that whatever type of way he's feeling, he needs to go inside and and post up and get some easier shots instead of sitting out there and just chucking up threes. That's the only problem I have with him. He's too skilled to just be sitting out there thinking he steps square because he's not. Mm-hmm. Um, and another thing, um, he's already proven it last year when he hit that big three against Denver uh, to give us that victory. So so he does have it in him. Um, and so we definitely need to get a win under our belt just so we can start building that chemistry as we get 
into further into the playoffs, hopefully. So, Laker fans, I'm, I know what I'm telling you. I know it's kind of hard not to live in the moment, but don't forget, we are the champions. Uh, we got 17 under our belt. Um, we need to stay a little bit more composed as fans as well because, hey, it's not the end of the world, man. I mean, we did it last year, uh, but this is a different year, different circumstances as far as the injuries go. So we just happened to get lucky last year with uh, not as much as uh, injuries, but we're going to be all right, man. Let's go, Let's go, Lakers. Appreciate you calling in. Thanks, Adam. All right, um, let's do this when we come back. I waited. I mean, how patient was I to wait on talking about Anthony Davis? I waited 28 minutes. This is uh, this is a record here. Um, on purpose, I waited because I got a lot that I want to get into about Anthony Davis. That's been the conversation for the last 24 hours. And what's tip-off tomorrow? Tip-off is uh, 7 p.m. It's going to continue to be the conversation for the next 23 and a half hours until Anthony Davis gets another shot against the Phoenix Suns tomorrow. So when we come back, um, feel free to stay on hold uh, if you guys are obviously uh, waiting on hold. But when we come back, we're going to talk Anthony Davis, 877-710-ESPN. We appreciate you guys uh, tuning in. This is Lakers Talk on 710-ESPN. Robert Half Research indicates 9 out of 10 hiring managers are having difficulty hiring. If you have open roles, chances are you're feeling this too. That's why you need Robert Half. Our specialized recruiting professionals engage with our proprietary AI to connect businesses of all sizes with highly skilled talent in finance and accounting, technology, marketing and creative, legal, and administrative and customer support. At Robert Half, we know talent. Visit roberthalf.com today. Little Lauren Hill right here. Come on now. Little Fuji's right here. All right, Lakers taking on the Phoenix Suns tomorrow. 32 minutes went by. I still haven't talked about Anthony Davis. Okay, let, let me give you guys my thoughts here. All right? Um, I've heard a lot of things over the last, not even just these, I'm not even going to say this last 24 hours. Um, you know, I, I, there's a term being thrown around about Anthony Davis. It's being thrown around very loosely. All right, the S word. You know what the S word is in the NBA? Soft. That's the word um, that's being thrown around around Anthony Davis. I'm not a fan of that word. I'm really not. Um, it's come, you know, you're hearing it from media, you're hearing it from Laker fans. I'm hearing it on national shows. It, by the way, this is part of it. It's okay. This is people's opinion, whatever the case is. Um, when I hear the term soft, a lot of things come to my mind. This is how I look at Anthony Davis. All right. AD had an awful performance yesterday. Let's not sugarcoat it. We don't have to, there's no need to. Did you guys hear Anthony Davis yesterday in the post-game interview? He said, I put this game on me. So there's no need to uh, – um, we could just be honest with each other, and that's all we have to do. Anthony Davis had an awful game yesterday. Um, Anthony Davis can't have games like that for the Lakers if you're going to repeat and win championship number 18. Anthony Davis can't have games like that on a consistent basis to get out of the first round. You just can't. That's not how the Lakers are built. They're not built for him um, to have the stats that he had yesterday. But when I hear the term soft, uh, that I don't think of Anthony Davis when I hear the term soft. I don't. I, I know how skilled of a big man AD is that a lot of times AD finds himself on the perimeter. And I'm not saying this is okay, but he finds himself on the perimeter because he knows how skilled he is. There are certain players in the NBA that their skill set is not good enough to face the basket and hit an 18-footer. They're just not that good to be able to do that. They can't step out and hit a 22-footer. There's certain players in the league where they have to play bully ball because they got to make up for the lack of skill that they have. Very rarely do you have that perfect combination of the two, right? Maybe back in the days, I know, use as examples, guys like Charles Barkley. Carl Malone can play some bully ball, but he can be on the outside as well. Guys like Tim Duncan, maybe he's not known as a, he's more, known more for as a finesse guy. Pal Gasol was known more as a finesse guy. Um, Anthony Davis. The issue that I'm having with Anthony Davis at this moment is he is letting defenses off the hook by shooting those outside jumpers. If you're a defense out there, I was saying this, uh, I think I think I mentioned this to Travis, or maybe I, I, maybe I mentioned it to Michael Thompson yesterday in the pregame show. If I'm a defense out there and Anthony Davis wants to take an 18-footer or a 22-footer, we won the possession. We, we just won the possession. I don't even care if the shot goes in. We won the possession because 
AD is so freaking good that if he's out there with a, a hand in his face 18 feet away and he has not been in a rhythm, it's not like Anthony Davis is coming off games where he's just been in this unbelievable rhythm, nobody can stop him, and he could do whatever he wants on the perimeter. Um, Anthony Davis has been struggling. So th- this is what I take away from Anthony Davis yesterday. What I take away from Anthony Davis, um, I take away that he's got to be smarter for the Lakers. He's got to just be a smarter basketball player. What are your strengths against the Phoenix Suns? Expose them. Jay Crowder was trying to guard. I got actually a clip here. This is a perfect clip. Jay Crowder was trying to guard Anthony Davis yesterday. There's no such thing as taking outside jumpers. There just isn't. Anthony Davis, over the last two games, the game against the Golden State Warriors... And the game yesterday against the uh, Phoenix Suns, he's taken nine free throws total. I've done a lot of post-game shows, and I do the halftime report. There have been games where I'm like, all right, AD in the first half has 10 free throw attempts. In two key games for the Lakers, AD is depending too much on the outside. It's hurting the Lakers. Sometimes you miss shots. It is what it is. That's not, you know, the the world's not going to end this happens to every every player you shoot inefficient that that happens it happens to Steph Curry it happens to LeBron the Kobe's of the world the Shaq's of the world. doesn't matter it it happens to a lot of these players the problem with Anthony Davis he's trying to get back into a rhythm taking jumpers where i feel like and i think a lot of other laker fans would agree with this AD make them stop you down low make them stop you and that's everybody's responsibility That's the coach's responsibility. That's the other player's responsibility. That's AD kicking the ball out because a double team came, but then they don't throw it back down to him. Kind of everybody is to blame for this, but specifically Anthony Davis. And AD knows this. Here's my issue with AD. Yesterday, after the game, he said this game's on him. Um, I think there's a very, very good chance tomorrow Anthony Davis has a great game. Because we've seen this before. You know, Anthony Davis has a bad game. Everybody says, where was Anthony Davis? And then he comes back out the next game, and he drops 35 and 12 and three blocks and two steals, and we're all singing kumbaya by the end of the game. We're saying, look, AD's back. Here's the issue I have with Anthony Davis. It shouldn't take you a game to wake up for that next game. The Lakers don't have the luxury of Anthony Davis Every other game contributing. Every other game being a major piece. They don't have that luxury. If you don't think LeBron James is 100%, or maybe LeBron's not exploding and getting to the basket, if LeBron's not taking over games the way we're accustomed to seeing him, well then who's the next player that's going to take over? I mean, I've been the one shouting since before the Lakers-Warriors game, which I said the Lakers are going to blow out the Golden State Warriors, that AD is going to start taking more of a load on his shoulders. He has not done that for two straight games. He had a good fourth quarter against the Golden State Warriors. Don't get me wrong. But AD's too good. What, what I don't want to have happen, if AD has a good game tomorrow, I'm telling you, I'm not going to spend that much time talking about Anthony Davis. I'm just going to say... That's what AD's supposed to do. But here's the bigger question. If AD's got a good game in game two, is he going to have a good game again in game three? And then in game four? And then in game five? Maybe you close out the series in six games. When I say it's Lakers do not have, there's no luxury here that AD can have a bad game or have a good game. And again, you're going to have poor shooting nights. That's going to happen. But where you're getting your shots at? If if DeAndre Ayton has three fouls in the first half like he did yesterday, how are they not going down low to uh, Anthony Davis every possession, six possessions in a row in the second half? Can we get Ayton his fourth foul? That's what I'm talking about with Anthony Davis. It's not about one game. It's not about AD coming back tomorrow and having a strong game because he didn't perform well in game one. It's Anthony Davis taking over the series. It's Anthony Davis having four or five games in a row where you're saying that might be the baddest dude that's on the floor every single night, you know, with LeBron as the exception because LeBron has the ability to go get 12 assists and 12 rebounds. He's able to do things that, you know, obviously he's not going to be in play for uh, for Anthony Davis specifically. So that's what I tell you about Anthony Davis. I was looking, um, by the way, this series could come down to this. The series could come down to 
the battle of the big men. DeAndre Ayton versus Anthony Davis. It could come down to that. And I actually feel more and more that the series is going to come down to that. Well, I'll say this. Round one went to DeAndre. Round one of this matchup. I mean, DeAndre Ayton's stats from game one. 21 points, 16 rebounds, one block. Uh, He was 10 of 11 from the field. He was one of two from the free throw line. Only took two free throws. He was a plus 16 in 37 minutes. Anthony Davis... 13 points, so 8 less points than Aiton, 9 less rebounds than Aiton. He had uh, he had 7 rebounds, uh, Aiton had 16. Did have 2 more blocks than DeAndre. He was 5 of 16 from the field, Aiton was uh, 10 of 11. And he got to the free throw line 5 times, 3 of 5, minus 18 in 39 minutes. Aiton was the best big man on the floor in this first playoff game. Okay. He won the battle, but he didn't win the war, right? And that's kind of what the Lakers are in in this. Um, that's a bad analogy, but you know what I'm referring to. Aiton got game one. What does Anthony Davis do the rest of the way? How does Anthony Davis respond the rest of the series, not just game two? What does he do the rest of the series? That's the question that I have. More of your phone calls coming up next. 877-710-ESPN. Okay, I just blabbed as long as I could about Anthony Davis. So, Laker fans, you can give me your thoughts, your opinion on AD. Um, what does he got to do, not just tomorrow, but the rest of the series? What do you expect from Anthony Davis? And, and I, you know, what? this is one of the things I'm going to emphasize when we talk about AD. The expectations are so high for him. I heard, uh, I heard Michael Thompson say, if you want to be a top five player in the league, right, labeled as a top five player, you can't have performances like that. Travis had a good point this morning. Travis and I do our show now, 9 a.m. to 11 a.m. Travis said that why do we have to have an if when it comes with Anthony Davis? We don't have one of those with LeBron. We don't have one of those with Steph Curry, with Kevin Durant, with James Harden, some of these other players. Why do we have to have an if always with Anthony? If Anthony Davis does, if Anthony Davis does that. We'll take your phone calls when we come back. Uh, 877-710-ESPN. Now, let's talk about the play of the week. The pressure to follow up Hypnotic and Cognac, weighing heavy on the team. Hypnotic was in the cup, blue and ready for the play. And boom! Añejo Tequila came in with a smooth assist to Hypnotic's tropical fruit finish. Shaken, strained, poured. It was green and good! The playmaking splash shifted the tempo. Another great cocktail from the Hypnotic team. Every season is Hypnotic and Tequila season. Hypnotic Liqueur, Bardstown, Kentucky, 17% alcohol by volume. Hypnotic reminds you to think wisely, drink wisely. I just kind of love doing this, Laker fans. I don't know what you guys want me to tell you. We talk Lakers basketball. We're in the middle of the playoffs, taking a lot of calls. Um, Lakers and the Phoenix Suns game two tomorrow. 5.30 will be the pregame show. Tip-off will be at 7. Uh, of course, we'll get everything started at 5 a.m. tomorrow. Keyshawn, J. Will, Zubin, and Travis. And then the Travis and Sliwa show from 9 a.m. to 11 a.m. By the way, if you guys haven't got a chance to catch that show, uh, Travis is fantastic to work with. Every day, Monday through Friday, uh, Travis and I doing a show together from 9 to 11 a.m. Um, okay, so I want to take some phone calls here. And really, I- I'm going to leave the topics to uh, whether you guys want to talk about the game specifically. You want to hit on Anthony Davis, maybe role players, maybe coach. Whatever it is, I'm going to leave it for you guys. Uh, let's start off with Anthony in Burbank. Anthony, appreciate you calling in, bud. What's going on, Anthony? Hi, Alan. How are you doing? Doing good, man. Thank you. Yeah, um, the Lakers got a lot of criticism, um, Palinka got for like not signing Dwight Howard and um, Rajon Rondo the offseason. Mm-hmm. But if you're the GM, would you take a 27-year-old Dennis Schroeder or a 36-year-old Rajon Rondo? Would you rather have Andre Drummond or Dwight Howard right now? Would you rather have Montrez Harrell or JaVale McGee? The Lakers are a much, much better team on paper, talent-wise, than they were last year. I mean, last year they didn't have a lot of talent. Um, I don't know what the problem is. I don't know if they're not meshing well together. The parts don't fit, or maybe it's a lack of practice time with a short off season and obviously playing so many games in so many days. That's my a- first a- Anthony, that, that's a, by, by the way, let me answer that real quick and stay on the line. All right, so it's a good point, and it's a, you know I, I will tell you in the off season when I saw what the Lakers were doing, I'm like, this is smart. By the way, Rondo went and got paid, so Rondo went in two years, fifteen million with the Hawks. 
eventually traded. Now he's with the Clippers. But there are certain players, listen, the Dwight Howard one was the most consistent that I heard Laker fans say, well, not not Dwight. Keep Dwight. Um, and I understand that. I get it. Dwight played such a key role for the Lakers. I- I'll tell you this. You know how we're going to find out whether what they did in the offseason was right or, or wrong? We'll find out as the playoffs kind of play themselves out. All right, what else? What was the other thing you got? Yeah, my, my next question is, um, if, you, if you're going to compare the Lakers and the Brooklyn Nets, mm-hmm. I mean, obviously the, the Nets have three superstars and we have two superstars, four through ten. Who has a better ro- roster on paper? Um, Lakers, and I appreciate you calling in. I, I, I think I would take the Lakers' depth over what the um, the Brooklyn Nets have over there. And by the way, they have good pieces. Joe Harris is a nice player. Uh, obviously, Blake Griffin is playing his role. They have certain players that kind of fit into what they're doing, but I would take the Lakers roster. But I so can't think that far down the road of what the NBA Finals is going to look like. I'm so stuck on where the Lakers are right now that it's tough to even think that that big picture. Uh, Martin in Santa Clarita. Martin, thank you for calling in, bud. You're on uh, Lakers Talk. What's going on, Martin? Hey, Alan. I want to talk about the fact that Mark Gasol is not playing um, we're a deep team. Um, Mark Gasol is an incredibly intelligent player. When he's in the game, nine times out of ten, he's going to make the right play, make the right pass. With this lineup against the Phoenix Suns, Mark Gasol needs to see at least 15 to 20 minutes. Otherwise, I think Frank Vogel is really missing the mark. And the reason I say that again is if Mark Gasol, his game is usually at the top of the key, out mm-hmm. on the perimeter, mm-hmm. he'll make the right pass. That's going to draw Aiton away from the basket, open up the lanes for the slashers like Kuzma, KCP, Schroeder, allow um, AD to get to work down low. So, Mar- so Martin, let, let me let to respect that three pointer that Mark. Has. Let me play something for you because I got a clip, and thank you for calling in. All right, uh, Coach, earlier today talked about this. Jovan Buha was coming up at uh, um, covers the Lakers for the Athletic coming up. In the 8 o'clock hour, this was one of the questions that he asked Coach was, are you going to use Marc Gasol? How do you think he can kind of fit into this uh, into this series against the Phoenix Suns? Which, by the way, I think you're making a good point. Drummond's not going to leave the paint. He's not. He's asked not to, and he doesn't have a skill set to be 15 feet away from the basket and be a threat out there. He's going to be a lob threat. He's going to grab offensive rebounds. So he's going to kind of always clog the paint. Take a listen to a Coach talking about if and how they would use Gasol. Well, you know, that game we played Mark and, and Trez together, um, you know, which is a lineup we're not really that familiar with. And, uh, you know, I decided in game one uh, not to use that lineup. Um, I have confidence in all three of our centers, you know, and AD at the five. So, um, you know, if I don't go to a certain player or a certain lineup, a lot of times it's not because of that player. It's just, um, you know, the confidence in another player or, or another lineup. And I say that's that's uh, the case with uh, – you know, in terms of Mark not playing in game one. Um, you know, I, I don't know how much the game plan is going to change as we get to game two. We're going to find out a lot tomorrow. We really are. Because there's some point, you know, where you're like, all right, let's see how this matchup looks. And then you start making all your adjustments. And I, I actually do think the Lakers, this is when they're going to be most dangerous. I thought they were most dangerous last year after game one, right? Each one of these series they were more dangerous in game two because now they knew, all right, we know what this team does. We know how they play. Suns, Lakers can play five different ways. That's so unique. That That's the lineup that – that's the roster Palenka put together, and, and he did this last year as well. Teams play typically one style of basketball. They can't really play two, three, four different styles. Lakers go small. They can go big. They can go, um, you know, AD at the five. They can use all these different players at the five. They can, they can go fast. They can go tough if you want to use Marquee. They have a lot of different ways that they can play. Game two will kind of tell us a little bit more of a story, what kind of adjustments Coach will make. Uh, let's go to Jonathan in Temecula. Jonathan, appreciate you calling in, bud. What's going on? Uh, how's it going? Thanks for having me on, man. I um, just want to say, Lakers Nation, just relax. It's game one. You have to win four. Four games. We'll be all right. AD's going to dominate the post. LeBron's going to turn up tomorrow. I'm not worried one bit, man. I'm not worried at all. LeBron's championship pedigree is going to show up tomorrow. I expect LeBron to get a 40, piece, 40 points tomorrow. Well, Jonathan, I'll, t- I'll tell you this, and I appreciate you calling in. I-, I said this to start the show, and I genuinely mean it. You know what championship teams do after they come off a loss? They go handle business. They just freaking find a way to handle business. 
the Suns are not the greatest team to ever play basketball. It, it, the Suns needed a lot to go their way. Lakers needed a lot of things to not go their way to grab game one. Game one was so critical to the Suns. Can you imagine if Phoenix, after getting the second best record in the NBA, having 11,000 fans, haven't had a playoff game in 11 years, uh, everybody kind of riding high on what Phoenix accomplished this year. I'm sure the entire state of Arizona was was incredibly excited for that game one. Can you imagine if they lost game one? Lose game one to the Lakers. Um, they took game one. Give them credit. A lot didn't go right for the Lakers. A lot of players that you would expect to show up didn't show up. Okay, you got game two tomorrow. I, I said this, and I, I really, you know, I, I think this is something that has value to it. Championship teams win game two on the road. They just do. We've seen it. I mean, no other Lake. There's no other fan base that's as spoiled as the Lakers, but they know champions. And if there's one thing that I think it's fair to kind of assess with this Lakers team and previous championship teams, that's perfectly tailored to go walk into Phoenix when everybody's been running their mouth for the last 48 hours about how you're not that good and how your team is, you know, it's injuries and you have no chemistry and you're not making adjustments and AD is not a superstar. It's perfectly tailored for a championship team to go shut everybody up. But they're going to have to go do it. I can sit here in front of a microphone and hype everybody up, but the reality is until they go and uh, th- they're the ones that are going to have to go show it. Okay, a couple more phone calls here. Let's go to uh, Jose in Northridge. Jose, thank you for calling in, bud. What's going on, Jose? Hey, man. How's it going? Good, man. Thank you. Calling about – I was listening to you talking about Davis. You know, everybody knows what you're saying. Everybody, the fans, you, the media. Now, the coach has got to know it, and I know he doesn't want to play the, the fifth spot on, on the team, and that's where he's most effective. Why can't they make him or LeBron make him? And another point is... Uh, and, and Jose, before you, get into your, before you get into your other point, I will say this. Um, you know, there's just no... Coach was actually asked about this earlier today, and I'll, I'll play it... Uh, Actually, Jose, stay with me. Stay with me and you get to your next point. Take a listen to Coach talking about AD at the five. I'm hesitant to, to really dive into everything that uh, drives my decision-making on that uh, because I don't want to tip my hand with uh, what lineups we're going to play tomorrow night. Um, you know, But there's there's time where you know our, our size makes more sense on both sides of the ball, and there's, there's times where um, you know being uh, more agile and, and mobile defensively and having more space offensively uh, makes more sense. Um, you know, but, uh, I statistically, I don't think, uh, at the five, AD at the five last night, uh, was as good as it was definitely wasn't as good as it was against golden state. And, um, you know, I'd, I'd argue, you know, what metrics you're looking at in terms of, uh, saying it was our best lineup in game one. I, I think that per that first part, Jose, where he says, I don't want to tip anything for tomorrow. I don't think we're going to see the same rotations that we saw yesterday. Let's put it that way. Okay. What, what's your other, uh, what's your other question you had or your well, other point? The, the other point was uh, Dennis Schroeder, I think, also is hurting us. I don't think he's playing to his potential. And I, and I just think, I, don't, I think it could be a contract thing. But what do you think about that? Um, I appreciate you calling in. There are a number of players. There are a number of players right now, Laker role players, that uh, just got to play better basketball. But, you know... It, you know what happened yesterday? What happened yesterday is Anthony Davis was such a topic of conversation that a lot of other guys got to kind of slide under the radar. You know, I, I did when I was doing post game yesterday and I was doing the show earlier this morning, I didn't talk about a lot of the other players. But you're you're hundred percent right, Jose. Guys like Dennis Schroeder, KCP, Cal Kuzma didn't score yesterday. Kuzma only took two shots. So it's not just the superstars set the tone. And it's so easy for us when the superstars deliver. Actually, when the superstars don't deliver, for us to focus on them, that we actually don't talk about some of the other players that could have been more impactful. But I thought yesterday it came down to Anthony Davis's performance. I don't disagree with the Dennis Schroeder part, all that stuff, but all those guys are ancillary. They need to contribute. They're supposed to contribute, but they're ancillary. They're not who you walk in night in and night out and say, oh, geez, those two guys again. 
Dennis Schroeder is not one of those players, but Anthony Davis is. So that's why he didn't get as much uh, as much attention. Um, okay, a couple more calls here. Steve, I hate to I hate to stop taking these calls here. I got top NBA stories coming up. Um, okay, let's go to let's go to Lucas in Venice. Lucas, thank you for calling in, bud. Hey, how's it going? Good man, thank um, you. I was actually so I I need your opinion on this because I think it's absolutely insane the the disparity in play time with Montrez Harrell. Like for the pat like the last ten games of the regular season, you're like, right. A couple DN yeah, you're DNPs. right. Every time he comes in, man, he has the most energy. He's the one who's doing everything. He's always efficient. He shoots like 65% from the field. And it's like, why? Like, what's the point of having him if we're not going to play him sometimes? Like, you know, the first, like, you know, I just, you know, I Lucas, Lucas, that. you know what I'm curious about? And I appreciate you calling in. I, I'm really, really curious about what the Lakers do adjustment wise tomorrow because. If you just kind of do the same thing you did in game one and the rotations are the exact same, um, I think you can have a lot of frustrated Laker fans. I know at the end of the day, it's just going to be the result, right? Okay, well, what's the result? Um, however you win, you win. And, you know, it, we've had plenty of playoff games where it didn't look pretty, but you're like, freaking glad we got that one. That that one win could be the difference of the series. That's kind of the game I expect tomorrow. There's going to be moments where it will still be ugly. There's still Lakers are still kind of trying to figure out some of these rotations. and but But you just expect them to come out with a win. Listen, I'm with you. When Montrez is in games, it's not like I don't feel like he's hurting you. Let's put it that way. I, I was making this point in the post game show yesterday for Alex Caruso. I was saying, listen, if KCP and Dennis Schroeder play 30 minutes, Caruso better have 30 minutes. Because every time Caruso is on the floor, he's either grabbing a couple charges, being a pesk on the defensive side, actually producing on the offensive end too, you know, driving to the basket or uh, timely uh, cuts to get a, a, an easy look, hitting an open three occasionally here and there. There are certain players that, you know, you feel like should be getting some more playing time. I, I, I can't argue with the Montrez one. But that's why I keep saying, what does tomorrow look like? Because we got the first taste of that matchup versus the Suns. I think right out the gate, you can look at certain guys and say, okay, that guy should probably get a little bit less playing time. Why don't you try this guy? And Coach last season was not afraid to do that in the playoffs. I think he's going to do it again. Okay, I got to get into the top NBA stories. Uh, Laker fans, I appreciate everybody that's on hold. My apologies. My sincere apologies. I can't get to you at the moment. I got top NBA stories coming up next. Jovan Buha after that. Uh, we'll come on and we'll try to figure out uh, what the heck the Lakers got to do in uh, in game two. And then after all that, we'll take some more phone calls. So I appreciate you guys being a part of the show. Uh, stay right here. This is Lakers Talk on 710 ESPN.